and welcome to Fresh Pressed for April 27th, 2021. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and invulnerable grooves. Oh, invulnerable. What a great word, Andrew. You know who is currently invulnerable? Superman. Oh, well... Is he? Is that how that works? I mean, that's not really true, right? He's um, vulnerable to kryptonite. Uh, you are. You are healthy and whole and vaccinated. Yes, I am fully immune. And you, between now and recording this and uh, when anyone's going to be listening to it, you will have received your second shot, so you will be well on your way. Well on my way. Wow. What a thrilling time. So our theme this week, aptly, is immunity. Now, it turns out that you can be not just immune to coronavirus, Andrew. Mm -hmm. What else can you be immune to? Well, Gabe, you can be immune to love. And that's uh, the title of the song that I would like to talk about. It is from the 1977 album A Night to Remember by Eddie Holman. Um, so Eddie Holman, born in Nor- Norfolk, Virginia, grew up in New York City, and then as a teen, very importantly, he moved to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh boy, I know some people who live there. Yeah, for example, Eddie Holman. He still lives here. Oh, cool. So he is known primarily for his 1970 rendition of the song "Hey There, Lonely Girl." which I will play uh, a clip of, if only because um, my dad is going to listen to this episode at some point, and it's one of his favorite songs. I think originally it was Hey There, Lonely Boy by a girl group. I don't know what group, but we're not talking about that song, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, this is uh, from Seven Years Later, A Night to Remember. This song is called Immune to Love. Now, um, obviously, as a Philly soul singer, he needs to have an absolutely gorgeous voice. And he does. In the chorus of this song, you can hear what he's famous for, which is his falsetto. Yeah. And I'm sure from from the very short clip I will have played of Hey There, Lonely Girl, you will recognize why he's famous for that. Um, he doesn't quite get as sky high in this song as he does in that one, but he still has a gorgeous and expressive falsetto. Yeah, his voice is spectacular. Yeah, and and what I like about this song is that it also really shows off the versatility of his voice. It's not just sort of the falsetto as a spectacle. I think all of Hey There, Lonely Girl is entirely in falsetto and very high. Um, but this, he goes uh, from his from his chest voice, and then he pops up into the falsetto, and he moves back and forth and blends it and shows a lot of range that, at least 
I, who had only heard Hey There Lonely Girl, was not aware of. I just want to be clear. Yeah. Is th- isn't there a sitar in this song? I don't think so. I think it is a okay. guitar that is uh, processed to sound like a sitar. And the reason that I think that is because I am on Discogs and it has a lot of musicians on here. Three guitarists, no sitarists. Okay. They get really twangy and sort of, and, and you know, fun with the, with the guitars. Um, but I think I believe it is just guitars. There's some horns sort of in the background, and there's also some really nice vibraphone in the background. Mm, yeah. And I think those all combine together to make it feel really. It it feels like the '70s. It feels cinematically like the '70s. Like I don't know if you saw the album cover, but it's him, you know, like well dressed, wearing a wearing a um, like a trench coat over a suit. Um, but just like over his shoulders, leaning up against a a street light pole, and there's like some lights behind him, and there's a lot of fog. It's nighttime. It's like it's so like nighttime in 1977 in the city, and I think that is like also portrayed with with the with the instrumentation. the 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 flip side of the album cover is him next to the same uh, light pole. But there's just like some woman in a very 70s outfit just sort of leaning up against him as he as he stares at the camera. <laughs> it's almost I mean, it's quintessentially 70s, right? The music, it really is. which was shortly going to go very out of style. <laughs> um, and yeah, the whole vibe. Gabe, what are you immune to this week? You're not immune to the coronavirus yet, but you can be immune to something else. I don't know. What is this song? This is so weird. You told me, you gave me this when we first mentioned immunity, and it was like I didn't listen to it until today, and it was not at all what I expected it to be. Oh, yeah. Well, so the song is just titled Immunity by John Hopkins from his 2013 record. Immunity. So when you suggest themes, Andrew, I think you often have a song or a couple songs in mind already. And rarely do I like immediately go, I know exactly what I'm bringing. But this week I had this song like ready to go immediately. I knew precisely what song I was going to bring because I love this record. And I think that this song 
which is the title song of the album, and the closer is beautiful. It's very, very pretty, and it is another excellent album closer to make an appearance on Fresh Breast. <laughs> so John Hopkins, not like the university in Baltimore. No. But like Jonathan Julian Hopkins, who is from Kingston-upon-Thames. Oh. If you know your British rivers, you'll know that that is England. That's England. <laughs> yes. Great. He got his, well, so he got his start making music at the Royal College of, well, I guess he probably didn't get his start there. But he started working hard on music at the Royal College of Music, where he uh, did piano performance. And at one point, he almost um, decided to become a professional performing piano player, which is remarkable uh, and obviously indicates a lot of piano talent. And there is piano on this song, but not the virtuosic kind. Apparently, he particularly loved to play Ravel. Mm. Then he ended up moving into like the electronic music scene, um, and he got his start, I guess, doing synths and keys for Imogen Heap, uh, I think in the early 2000s, and then made his way to play with various artists, including Coldplay and Brian Eno, oh, who is okay. the latter whose influence can be pretty keenly felt, I think, on this song. Specifically, he did the intro to Violet Hill on Viva La Vida. Interesting. If, for those of you who don't maybe recall, Violet Hill is a fairly well-known song, but the first, like, what, 40 seconds of that song maybe are, like, this drifting ambient thing that, like, then goes into, like, this sort of rocking, very Viva La Vida Coldplay song. (laughs) Yeah. So this album came out in 2013. It's his fourth full-length studio album that he's done individually and it received a, a fair amount of acclaim at the time as sort of being the the peak of his work he'd already been somewhat well known at this point and i think it's a really excellent album from start to finish the idea sort of the concept behind the album is to like showcase a night out like a, a, a an intense night out in the clubs of london And so this song, Immunity, is the last song on the record, and it is very much like the end of the night song, and trails off, and is is the outro sort of to the whole album experience. There are a couple like like dance floor bangers on this album. Are there really? Yeah, like Open Eye Signal and Collider, which are kind of in the middle of the album, are like big, big dance tracks and like intense and probably not as appropriate for this podcast although they're excellent well i don't know i would have i I feel like if you had brought that i would have been less surprised why were you so surprised because it was so chill and and ambient i mean it really is like you know english electronic music is absolutely in your wheelhouse but this sort of like end of the night slash beginning of the morning. I don't know. It's this sort of like sunrisey kind of thing is, is not just not what I expected. Well, I guess I do have range after all. I guess.
there are a couple beautiful highlights on this song that I'd like to point out. The most obvious one is like this repetitive piano line, which is kind of a hallmark of some ambient music, like these repetitions, but also harkens back to a lot of minimalism, like we've talked about, I guess, last week on the podcast. Um, But there's also a really pretty, like, gentle piano drifting solo that happens over the top that I think is just, like, very keenly felt. There is a whole sense on this song of there being, like, a classically trained musician behind it. And maybe I wouldn't think that if I didn't know that already. (laughs) But there's a certain, like, touch and musicality that goes into some of the piano lines that I think you can lose from just like a straight electronic club DJ style of music. There's also a very, like an extremely subtle bass drum hit. I I mean, it's it's a synth, but you know, bass drum sound synth that, that comes in and out across the song. And it's so low and soft in the range that you like will almost miss it if you're not looking for it. But it's like another one of these things that just adds like one of these layers of ambient depth to the music, which is what makes a song like this really beautiful. Now that I know the sort of conceit of of the album and and this song's place in it, I feel like I'm like putting a bunch of putting some additional analysis on it that maybe is not warranted. You know, there's there's all these layers that they that they feel like they're sort of drifting out. Uh, actually, wait, I have two over-analyses, of, of two over-interpretations, two different over-interpretations of this song that I want to share with you. Hell yes. This would not be a good music podcast without some over-analysis. I'm just going with these sort of like these layers that are in different sort of opacities that kind of drift in and out over top of each other in one way that feels like you know you know the wisps of cloud and the the colors of the sunrise as you are exiting the club um, sort of these colors filtering through the atmosphere in the early morning but in an maybe a, a more direct way it also feels like these uh, moments sonic moments of of the night past as you are walking out into the sunlight you are you are remembering all these beautiful and intense and exciting and wonderful moments that you've you've had over over the last many hours Mm, so like this bass drum touch that comes through like being echoes of the bass right song you've chosen for your new tune this week me too it's so good i know wow tell us about it uh this is a song entitled your flaws uh and it is off the new album soft 
by Yellow Ostrich. Yellow Ostrich is basically the um, solo project of Alex Schaff, S-C-H-A-A-F, which I've just realized that's going to come up later. Um, <laughs> so this is his sixth album as Yellow Ostrich, and he also has six EPs. Um, wow. The band took a hiatus in 2014 after I think the tour that was supporting their album Cosmos from that year. And then just like last month, they were like, Hey, I there's, I'm going to, I'm going to do a new album and also reissue an old album. And then also release a compilation of just like all of my music from the last 11 years. So he's put out three albums in the last month, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but this is sort of, this is the new one. This one is new. This one is all new stuff. This song is very pretty. And I, just like the guitar when it comes in is so warm. I just like want to curl up in a ball. Yeah, it is. Um, the tone of the guitar is, is just really warm. And, you know, it, it's that sort of sound burrito kind of thing, you might say. Yeah. Um. That is, I believe, I mean, I don't know exactly what all of the in- specific instrumentation is, but this album does feature Mike Noyce on guitar. Nice. Yes, very funny. But also, he might be familiar to you because he plays guitar in bands such as Bon Iver. Am I saying that right? Not sure what You make this joke is, but... every time you bring up Bon Iver. Every yeah. single time. It's like, it's okay. You, We know you love Justin Vernon. Yeah. That that tone and and a lot of sort of the verse, the melodies of the verses, feel a lot like other indie bands that I adore. Like the the one that pops in my head, maybe because they put out a live album this weekend, is Sinai Vessel. Do you remember that that yes. uh, album from last mm-hmm. year? Really love it, um, and has some similar uh, beautiful guitar sounds and similar sort of verse structure. Sure. But the melody of the chorus specifically, um, especially when it gets to the the uh, titular line, the eponymous line, feels like Andy Schaff, which now is interesting to me because I've just huh. connected that the, that yellow ostrich is Alex Schaff. Wow. So th- this is the American version of Andy? Yeah, I guess so. We took out the U, so he's American now. Although he's from Wisconsin, so, you know. It's pretty close to Canada. Oh, that's pretty much Canada. Uh, small town Wisconsin is sort of the Saskatchewan of America. That's accurate. I also see what you're saying about the chorus. Like the rhythmic structure reminds me of Andy Schaff. Yeah. Which I really love, by the way. It's like the like the front end of the lines are are like quick and then it gets slow. Yes. Yeah, that sounded really dumb, but uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Um, uh, and and the melody too, like the way that 
he like sort of dips and comes back up on the, on the word flaws feels really like I don't know it feels very like conversation-y in the way that Andy Schaff's melodies do like it feels natural the way that you would talk casually and it, it, it also similar to certain moments in Andy Schaff's music it, it feels mournful at, in that moment um, because of the lyrics but the way that he sings it feels like not that he's like holding back tears, but like that there is some genuine, uh, genuine sadness within there, sorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I only wish that there'd been time to see flaws. That maybe it'd be a little easier. Lyrics wise, this song is about a a an ending ended relationship, um, a brief relationship, I believe. That their relationship was so brief that there, it was only sort of good things, and then now it has ended, and so there is no sort of like, ah, oh, well, maybe I'm better off because you know this thing always did annoy me about them. He has not seen their flaws, so so the pain is is very um, stark. In the rest of this album, there's some some really interesting, all sorts of questions of sexuality and and attraction and gender, like masculinity, uh, the lines between love and friendship. There's three songs that are people's names. There's Julia, Timothy, and John. Those are all really lovely songs. And um, I do have to mention that I did really like the last song as well. But um, I think that this is the best song on the album. So I am happy with my pick, even though uh, it is my want to pick the final track. Wow. I am just so impressed with your self-control, Andrew. Well, it's not self-control because I... (laughs) No, I genuinely like this song better. It would have been self-control if I I liked the last song best. But I also wouldn't do that. I wouldn't take that self-control because I want to talk about my favorite song from the album as you should not long enough to make it but long enough to make it hurt when you exited not knowing makes it harder than proven wrong this dream I have invented Gabe you've got a new tune that um is very good. Tell us about it. That's that's <laughs> the entire segue. Nice. Lovely segue. You did your absolute best. This is Sundown from Hannah Jadagu off her debut release EP titled What Is Going On? is going on that's a great question and i do want to say right up front that i am not so sure that i have the pronunciation of her last name right don't have a good source on that 
It is J-A-D-A-G-U. Yeah, so I'm unsure. But um, Hannah is uh, an 18-year-old student uh, who I guess just recently started at New York University and has been freshly signed to Sub Pop, the label, and has now released this album this year, which she recorded entirely on her phone. Really? Yeah. Everything is done on her phone, including, I guess, the mixing. It's just, like, all done on GarageBand. On... What? Which is fucking crazy. That's so crazy. Why? Oh, How do you do that? Kids these days. Yeah, it's really Gen Z, you know, digital native. Why use a computer when you have a phone? No, but very cool. She's from Mesquite, Texas, but now, of course, is is living in New York. Mm -hmm. Released this beautiful little EP of songs that fall squarely, firmly into the genre of bedroom pop. Yeah. Which we haven't brought on this podcast in a long time. Like, I feel like there was a stretch where I was, where you were bringing (laughs) songs like every other week, but this is the first one in a while, so I feel good about it. She's released several singles. Um, and this song has actually been drifting around the internet, I guess. You know, in the way that when you're making your first set of songs, Andrew, you like try and put your music out somewhere, yeah. even if it's not like in its final form. <laughs> um, but this was sort of the official release, and there was a music video for the song that also dropped on Friday, which, which I'll come back to at some point. I wanted to start by just talking about like the vibe of the song which is like this perfect golden hour in a park in new york in new york hazy vibe or maybe in texas i guess it's probably from when she was in texas but like very much like you know everything's drenched in reverb and there are these beautiful like muted backing vocals that are just like little riffs going in the background um and then and then her singing over top of it which is quite pretty the music reminds me a lot of like some sort of combination between like earlier beach house, like dreamy pop, and I think like my go to for like the last couple of years would be Claro. It was mm-hmm. all, you know one of those forefront of the bedroom pop scene. These and what's days. the title of that album of hers? Huh, that's a good question. I think it was Immunity. Is that right? No. I mean, that is right, so I'm yeah, not... Yeah, no, it's yeah, right. Yeah, okay, all right. She's talked a little bit about this song herself, um, and there's, like, a little blurb specifically about each song on her band camp. She, like, wrote the song when she was, like, 16 or whatever originally um, and used this song as, like, an outlet from being, like, you know, like a teenager in high school and, like, just, like... She talks about, like, discovering her ability to use music as like an outlet for her feelings, which I think probably every single musician ever would relate to. (laughs) Uh, I think it's like sort of beautiful in a way to hear it from somebody who's like putting out their first music into the world though. It's like, there's almost some sort of innocence attached to it. Maybe that's a weird thing to say, but, and, and that's how I feel about, the song and the lyrics, like it's very like forward about like, just like being like, there's too much happening. Um, and you know, that feeling at the end of the day where you're like, Oh my God, this is just like 
it's too much too much too much day we had too much day I mentioned how she like basically mixed all of this on her phone, which again, crazy, but specifically because I think there's some really, like, it's not just like her dropping loops into her garage band on her phone, right? Like it's very carefully crafted and there's obviously instrumentation that's happening. And there's like specifically, I r- appreciate the way that she like mixed the drums. I think she very deftly, transitions them from being very forward and present in the song to then like dropping out and letting the haze and the reverb of everything else take over um, and then bringing them back in in, a, in an effective way that is like I think a hallmark of good pop is like bringing the instruments in in a, like a very like galvanizing and effective way which she does here I want to circle back to the music video that I mentioned um which is this beautiful, like, just DIY shot on a phone, it looks like, you know, video of her and her friends in, what's the park outside NYU? Is that Washington Square Park? Anyway, whatever that park is, like a park that I've 100% been to. And, you know, it's just like, it looks like it was filmed during just like a really nice day. So there's like a ton of people out there. And it's just her and her friends, like, mouthing along or like dancing to the song as it spins through this like gorgeous late afternoon with the sunlight perfectly mimicking the vibe of the song. And it just feels very wholesome and happy and good. It's a good song for sunsets and sundowns. What else did you find this week, Andrew? What other new tunes and albums did you like? There was a lot of good stuff this week. It really was. Um, I really enjoyed an album entitled Tragedy Reel uh, by mm. Fog Lake. Very lovely. There was a record from Houston Kendrick called Small Infinity. That is like hip-hop and R&B blended music. Really beautiful singing, good rapping about growing up in the suburbs and, you know, being a gay black man. There was a cool, um, funky little Afro beat dancey record um, from Jupiter and Oques entitled Na Kozonga. There was an album from Tormani Diabate. Yeah. And the London Symphony Orchestra called Koro Len, where um, Diabate is an incredible player of the it's just called the Koro, right? Do I have that right? Yes. Yep. Um, which is a West African lute-styled instrument, string instrument. Uh, harp is actually a closer comparison. Yeah, more like harp. Um, there was a lovely album by Aruj Aftab, like Arabic pop, um, very cinematic and cool, called Vulture Prince. Andrew, you pointed out to me... Uh, 
punk record from Rata Negra called yes. Una Vida Bulgar, um, hailing out of Madrid. I just really enjoy the Spanish take on punk music. Yeah. It's very sarcastic and sardonic. Um, but yeah, very good. I really enjoyed an EP entitled Crossing Over from Sour Widows. A lot of good songs on there. Almost brought one or two of them. Good indie record from Field Music called Flat White Moon. Mm-hmm. Not Field Medic. No. Field Music. Yes. Um, another good indie album, indie pop-ish from Lady Dan entitled I Am the Prophet, which is a great album title, I gotta say. It's a great album title, absolutely. Um, a good album from Remember Sports called Like a Stone that I recommend. You know what college they went to, right? No, what college did they go to, Andrew? God, I just it was on the tip of my tongue. I forgot. Is it Fair Fairweather University? Something like that. God, they're fucking from Philly too. Yeah. <laughs> Originally conceived of the tiny Midwestern college town of Gambier, Ohio. Stupid. That's it for our show this week. Thanks for tuning in. You can give us a follow on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod to hear about occasional recommendations and Andrew tweeting things at different people and you know, to stay up to date on stuff. You can listen to the songs from the show on our Spotify playlist that we link in the show notes. And then we will be back on May the 4th oh. with more tunes and more grooves. But for now, my name is Gabe. My name is Andrew. And you have been listening to Fresh Press. Fresh Press.